Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is called King Midas and the Satyr's Song, an adaptation of a Greek myth written for you by Daniel Hines. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Beatrix, Lucian, and Esme and their family, Maya and MJ Crone and their family from Bentonville, Arkansas, Lizzie and Jack Whitesell and their family, and August and Zula Crossland and their family from Barcelona. Thank you so much, Zula, August, Jack, Lizzie, MJ, Maya, Esme, Lucian, and Beatrix. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and get every episode ad-free, head over to patreon.com stories and join for just $1 a month. If you'd like access to all of our ebooks or to receive a thank you in a future episode, that's also available at patreon.com stories. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! King Midas and the Satyr's Song Once upon a time, in ancient Greece, King Midas was bored. You may remember King Midas as the man who wished for a golden touch and soon found himself cursed by golden food he couldn't eat and golden wine he couldn't drink. You'd think that would have taught him his lesson for good, but Midas was forever a misguided man. Misguided and full of a greed so strong he would have stolen the sun from the sky if he thought he could fit it into his purse without burning his fingers. Bah, there's nothing to do, old Midas blustered, walking about his throne room. I'm taking a walk through the royal woods. See that no one bothers me. He took off his robe and stalked out the door. Near his palace, the wilds of Greece were open to him, and wild they were. This was still the time of gods and monsters, where you were as likely to run into a centaur as you were a horse, and any random apple may contain a curse or blessing. So it wasn't much of a surprise when Midas soon came across a satyr playing his pipes. Satyrs were rogues, but of a mostly pleasant kind. They would play their tricks, especially on those who didn't respect nature, but usually were content to enjoy themselves in the woods. From the waist down, they looked like goats standing on two legs, and from the waist up, they looked like men, except for the great curving horns that adorned their heads. This particular satyr played his pipes beautifully, spinning a lively, rustic tune that soon had Midas tapping his toes. Say, did you enjoy the song, King Midas? The satyr said when he had finished. Midas was surprised that he was recognized for a moment, but then he realized this satyr was none other than Pan himself, god of the wilds and lord of all satyrs. Finally played, Pan, Midas said. What do you call it? That one is called a lore for Midas, <laughs> the satyr said. I wrote it for you, as I, uh... I need your help, man. King Midas puffed himself up a bit. That Pan should need help from him made him feel royal and regal indeed. Of course, my good man. Er, satyr? Or Pan? He said. What can I do for you? Well, uh, see, I've, I've made a wager with Apollo, he said. We're supposed to have a musical competition this very afternoon. You've bet your pipes against Apollo, the god of music, King Midas said, shaking his head. 
I think you play beautifully, but Apollo is music. It comes from him, rolls off him like heat from an oven. I don't see how you could win. At this, Pan laughed roguishly and shot Midas a wink. Ah, well, see, it's my job to bring a judge to the competition, he said. You come as the judge and declare me the winner. Well, this sounds all well and good for you, said Midas, leaning on an old olive tree. But why should I do that? We both know Apollo is sure to sound best. True, true, said Pan. But if you declare me the winner, I'll split the prize with you. Apollo has wagered a golden lyre and a golden drum against my pipes and a bounty of fruit and herbs. Call me the winner, and the golden lyre is yours, my good King Midas. Now, any half-clever man would have learned their lesson when they turned their own kid to gold and nearly starved to death trying to eat golden food. But as we know, King Midas was not half-clever. He was maybe a quarter-clever on a good day. But even that was pushing it. So, when he thought of Apollo's golden lyre, all heavy-bodied with finely woven strings like rays of sun, his mouth began to water. His palms began to itch. His hair began to sway and tickle like grass in the breeze. His brain began to sing to him, a simple chant that went, Gold, 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 gold. I think, Midas said, licking his lips, that we have a deal. Perfect, said Pan, slapping the king on the back. I'm supposed to meet Apollo at the river nearby. Come now, let's go win us a contest. Together, they made their way through the woods. It was a gorgeous day, with the birds singing and the critters of all kinds leaping and rustling about the trees. When they came to the river, it was even more lovely than before, because there sat Apollo. He was a tall and golden figure, holding the U-shaped harp called the lyre, sitting on a rock by the river. Near him, the birds seemed to sing sweeter. The river babbled beautifully, and all the myriad harmonies of the natural world seemed to come together in a single, heartwarming song. Pan! King Midas! he called, setting down his lyre and clapping his hands. Even the clap seemed to be a song in itself. I'm glad you've decided to come. Pan, I see you have your pipes, and Midas, you must be here to judge. King Midas nodded a greeting and took a seat on an old log. You're exactly right, sir. I wouldn't miss the chance to hear two gods such as yourselves make music. I'm sure it'll be quite the show. So, should we uh, kick this contest off? said Pan, knocking his pipes free of fur against his thigh. We got our instruments, we got a judge. Ah, about that, said Apollo. I think more judges are better than just one, wouldn't you say? Ah, uh, well, said Pan, looking about nervously. I suppose one could say that. Good. Well, I invited a couple of our friends to be impartial judges, he said, shooting a sly look at King Midas. Come on, Timolus. Come now, Tethys. King Midas gaped as the two judges emerged from the wilds, quite literally. Timolus was the spirit of the mountain itself, and Tethys was the grandmother of the fresh rivers that gave Greece life. 
Now, Pan immediately saw that he had been outsmarted. He was the god of nature, so the mountain and the rivers were his domain. He couldn't accuse them of being biased against him. If anything, they would look on him more favorably than other judges. Hello, Timolus. Hello, Tethys, he said. It's lovely to see you on this, uh, this fine day. Hello, Pan, Tethys said, her voice a watery whisper. We look forward to hearing your music. Yes, boomed Timolus with all the might of the mountains. Play for us, Pan. Let us hear your song. Pan nodded and leapt nimbly upon a flat rock by the river, using it as a sort of stage. He put his wooden pipes to his lips and began to blow a melody. It was simple, a song of the wood and the trees. Its melody was that of a hiker's feet, and its notes soared like an early spring breeze. By anyone's judgment, it was a beautiful song, and when he finished and laid down his pipes, King Midas, Timolus, Tethys, and even Apollo had tears standing in their eyes. Beautiful, wonderful, cried King Midas. His heart soared. Pan could win, and it wouldn't even be cheating. The satyr played that beautifully. Midas turned and looked at Apollo, eyeing his heavy golden lyre. The arms were solid and shining, the strings like he imagined, finely woven rays of sunshine. And soon, soon it would be his. A wonderful tune, said Tethys. But now we must hear Apollo play. Yes, rumbled Timolus. The nature god has proven his worth, and now it's time for the golden god to show us a song. Apollo smiled and stood, towering over Pan and King Midas. He stepped up onto the flat rock stage and then sat cross-legged, cradling close his lyre. Here is a simple song for you, he said, brushing the golden strings and sending out a ripple of music like the warmth of a perfect summer day. I hope you like it, friends. When the song was finished, they didn't have tears in their eyes. No, they were weeping openly, Pan and King Midas included. The song had touched them deeply. It was more than natural. It was supernatural. It was more than music. It was a great thrumming chord that stretched from the heavens to earth and echoed deeply through their souls. Apollo! Grand Apollo! Timolus said through his tears. Truly you are the winner. Truly you are the god of music. Pan was lovely, but but that! Ah! Choked Tethys, babbling like a brook. That was the sweetest song I've heard in all my years of flowing. And I doubt I'd hear one sweeter if I flowed for a thousand more. Ah, it was fine, said King Midas, drying his eyes on his shirt. But I declare that Pan was the winner. Everyone turned to look at him, faces stricken and confused, even Pan. The nature god thought that Midas would have the good sense to see they were outnumbered and beaten, But of course, Midas had no good sense at all. 
His mind was too full of greedy thoughts, too full of lust for that heavy golden lyre and the sunshine strings. Surely you must be joking, boomed Tomolus. Are you deaf? No, not deaf, said Apollo, standing to his full height and towering above all but Tomolus the mountain. Not deaf at all. He's simply a cheater. Oh, what? A cheater? sputtered Midas. Well, I never. You may be a king, Midas, said Apollo, but I am a god of Mount Olympus. I can peer into your heart as easily as you'd peer into a window. I know of your deal with Pan. My hairy brother may be above my ability to punish, but you, well, I think you need a lesson in honesty. There was a flash of sunlight, so bright King Midas was left stunned and blinded. It was several minutes before he could think straight, and a few minutes more before he could see again. What was that? A punishment? He sat up, finding himself on the flat rock stage by the river. Pan, Apollo, Timolus, and Tethys were gone, and he was alone in the woods. What, was it a dream? He shook his head and it felt strangely wobbly. Had he hit it when he fell, he wondered? Leaning over the edge of the stone, he peered at his reflection in the river. Oh, oh no, what have I done? In the crystal waters, he saw Apollo's punishment. His human ears were gone. In their place, he had the ears of a donkey, growing tall and gray and hairy from the sides of his head. He moaned and they twitched and turned. From nowhere and everywhere, he heard Apollo's voice clearly through the wiry hair of his new ears. Behave like a donkey, look like a donkey, he said, laughter in his voice. Enjoy your reward. And King Midas lived the rest of his life in shame, trying to hide his secret from everyone. But the first time he needed a haircut, his barber saw. Midas swore him to secrecy, but the man couldn't contain himself. He whispered the secret into the river's reeds, and to this day, when the wind blows over the rivers in Greece, you can hear his voice on the wind. King Midas has donkey ears! Pass it on! The End Today's story, King Midas and the Satyr Song, was an adaptation of a Greek myth written for you by Daniel Hines and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon, with original music by us both. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes, get ad-free episodes and more at patreon.com stories, check out all of our merch available at storiespodcast.com shop, or simply tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening.